tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's Thursday, April 7th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, an impressively well-preserved dinosaur leg fossil has been found that could be the first ever fossil evidence of the asteroid impact that killed the dinosaurs. But is it all it's cracked up to be? Plus, Amtrak is stirring up some beef with their Twitch streams and a new dream job opening, counting penguins in Antarctica. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Paleontologists working at the Tanis Fossil Site in North Dakota say they've found a remarkably well-preserved dinosaur leg, scales and all, that could be the first-ever specimen found that was killed by the asteroid that eradicated all of the dinosaurs. This sounds incredible, almost too good to be true. And maybe it is. There is some skepticism about the claim, stemming in part from past skepticism about the team who found it, and the find is also featured in an upcoming Sir David Attenborough documentary called Dinosaurs the Final Day. So despite this find not yet having been peer-reviewed, it seems to be making early press rounds for that show, which will be broadcast on the BBC on April 15th. I'll get into the skepticism more in a moment, but this is pretty fascinating, so bearing all potential biases in mind, let's first talk about what the team at Tanis claims to have found. Quoting Live Science, According to Paul Barrett, a merit researcher at London's Natural History Museum, the leg belongs to Thessalosaurus, a herbivorous dinosaur whose name means wonderful lizard in ancient Greek. It's from a group that we didn't have any previous record of what its skin looked like, and it shows very conclusively that these animals were very scaly, like lizards, Barrett told BBC News. They weren't feathered like their meat-eating contemporaries. Based on his examination of the fossil, Barrett said the dinosaur's leg was likely ripped off very quickly, and the limb bears no signs of disease or having been picked apart by scavengers. Barrett examined the fossil on behalf of BBC One. And BBC One also called in Steve Brousset, a vertebrate paleontologist and evolutionary biologist at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, as an outside consultant on the project. Brousset told BBC News that he's skeptical of the idea that the Thessalosaurus perished on the exact day the dino-killing asteroid came whizzing through the sky and punched a huge hole, known as the Chicxulub Crater, into the Yucatan Peninsula. It's possible that the Thessalosaurus and other animals discovered at the North Dakota site died days or years before, but were violently uncovered during the asteroid impact and then reburied along with debris from the planet-rocking event, Brusat said, end quote. In addition to the supposed Thessalosaurus leg, the Tanis site has yielded many other specimens, turtles, small mammals, a pterosaur egg, skin from a triceratops, and, the scientists there say, fragments from the asteroid itself. Itself. Those fragments were found inside of sturgeon and paddlefish fossils, and quoting the BBC. The sturgeon and paddlefish in this fossil tangle are key. They have small particles stuck in their gills. 
These are the spherules of molten rock kicked out from the impact that then fell back across the earth. The fish would have breathed in the particles as they entered the river. The spherules have been linked chemically and by radiometric dating to the Mexican impact location, and in two of the particles recovered from preserved tree resin, there were also tiny inclusions that imply an extraterrestrial origin, end quote. But those spherules and more have been the topic of debate and skepticism within the scientific community in the past. A 2019 news article from the American Association for the Advancement of Science dug into Tanis site team lead and University of Manchester doctoral student Robert De Palma's methods and background. Quote, De Palma and his colleagues have been working at Tanis since 2012, but some question De Palma's interpretations. Capturing the event in that much detail is pretty remarkable, concedes Blair Sheen, a geologist at Princeton University. But he says the site does not definitively prove that the impact event was the exclusive trigger of the mass extinction. Shane and some others believe environmental turmoil caused by large-scale volcanic activity in what is now central India may have taken a toll even before the impact. And other geologists say they can't shake a sense of suspicion about De Palma himself, who, along with his PhD work, is also a curator at the Palm Beach Museum of Natural History in Wellington, Florida. His reputation suffered when, in 2015, he and his colleagues described a new genus of dinosaur named Dakota Raptor, found in a site close to Tanis. Others later pointed out that the reconstructed skeleton includes a bone that really belonged to a turtle. De Palma and his colleagues issued a correction. De Palma may also flout some norms of paleontology, according to The New Yorker, by retaining rights to control his specimens even after they've been incorporated into university and museum collections. He reportedly helps fund his fieldwork by selling replicas of his finds to private collectors. His line between commercial and academic work is not as clean as it is for other people, says one geologist who asked not to be named. De Palma did not respond to an email request for an interview, end quote. So it's not surprising that we'd be hearing more about De Palma within the context of a high-profile David Attenborough documentary. But it also doesn't necessarily mean his findings are false. Philip Manning, a paleontologist at the University of Manchester who's been working at Tanis with De Palma from the beginning, emphasizes that De Palma is meticulous in his approach and that his fossils have all been deposited in recognized collections and his papers cleared through peer review in the appropriate journals, even if the initial public announcements are non-traditional. Reading some of this, to me, it sounds a little like De Palma and his team might so badly want to find tangible evidence of the asteroid impact that they're jumping to that conclusion ahead of others. But I'm not a paleontologist conducting a peer review. I'm just a podcaster who, frankly, would also love if we found actual evidence like that. I mean, the fossil of a dinosaur that was killed on the exact day the asteroid hit and is even preserved with scales on it? That's super cool. I hope it does all turn out to be true, but even if it doesn't, it does seem like the Tanis site in North Dakota is a treasure trove of Cretaceous-era discoveries and that there is plenty more where this came from. Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casino's Play It Again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash. And see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com slash PA3 today. And play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed 
contest, any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as non-withdrawable casino online site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. I usually keep away from influencer drama with a 10-foot pole, but there's some Twitch beef that emerged yesterday that we need to talk about, because the Twitch streamer stirring the drama is none other than Amtrak. That's not like a username. I am actually talking about Amtrak, like the trains, the United States National Passenger Railroad Corporation. Yesterday, they ran a Twitch stream of a largely empty section of railroad tracks in Mississippi in an attempt to prove a point to some freight companies that the tracks were not too busy to restore Amtrak service to, despite what the freight companies have alleged to the passenger rail network. So, important details to know here. First, Amtrak is a government-chartered corporation that runs most of the passenger rail in the United States. But the freight rail companies have ownership over most of the tracks. They're responsible for maintaining them and for running service. Amtrak's passenger trains do have priority over freight traffic by law, but the companies that own sections of tracks still make the final call. And as Vice points out, freight traffic is the leading source of delays on Amtrak trains outside of the Northeast, where Amtrak itself still has ownership of most of the tracks. Now, this Mississippi track in particular falls on the route between Mobile, Alabama and New Orleans, Louisiana. Amtrak used to run round-trip train service between the two cities, but the service was stopped after Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Amtrak wants to restore the service to the tune of two round-trip trains per day, but they've been facing pushback from the freight companies along the route, CSX and Norfolk Southern, or NS. Quoting Vice, CSX and NS are trying to block this, claiming it would impair unreasonably freight operations, and without infrastructure improvements, there would be a near-catastrophic meltdown of freight operations. Those upgrades, the railroads say, would cost some $440 million. As part of the ongoing beef, CSX has said Amtrak running two trains a day on this very busy corridor would be problematic for its own freight service, which is why Amtrak decided to start the Twitch stream to find out how busy the corridor really is. Between 8 a.m. and 12.49 Central Time, Amtrak says it counted three trains on CSX's tracks. End quote. It does look like they later spotted a fourth train based on clips available on their Twitch channel, but their stance remains clear. There is not much traffic happening on that corridor at all. CSX responded to Amtrak's new Twitch popularity in a comment to Vice, writing, quote, It takes a freight train about 8 to 10 hours to travel between New Orleans and Mobile, focusing on one point of a line that traverses approximately 138 single track miles, major ports, and interchange points, and then purporting that is indicative of the operational realities of the entire line is grossly misleading. Anyone that understands railroad operations, including Amtrak, would know that. End quote. They further inform Vice that per day, the route hosts 8 to 10 through trains, 1 to 3 coal and grain trains, and numerous local trains. Amtrak is asking to add four total per day to that count, and in a Twitter thread back in February, Amtrak noted that they dispatch 2,000 trains every day on the Northeast Corridor. So, yeah, maybe around 20 tops is not too much. Of course, the Northeast Corridor is well designed to handle that traffic. 
Maybe the infrastructure along the Gulf Coast isn't up to the job? That's why CSX says it would cost $440 million for upgrades. But according to Amtrak, CSX and NS won't say where they got that number. They also say that they, along with Gulf Coast states, have already secured $60 million in federal grants for targeted upgrades, and that the Gulf Coast really wants passenger train service restored. Quoting that Twitter thread, People along the Gulf Coast passed resolutions, testified before Congress, and turned out for an inspection train traveling east to Mobile for the first time since 2005. They even brought a marching band. End quote. So even Amtrak bias aside, it does seem to be a popular opinion among locals. And hey, I am far from an expert on these matters, but I will say that Amtrak played their cards well with the Twitch stream. Whether it's an accurate portrayal or not, they successfully drummed up interest in a situation that many of us had no clue was going on. Seeing brands, especially ones that folks tend to associate with being exceptionally old guard, get creative with the internet and do it well is always cool. And on a related infrastructure note, I'm going to drop a link to an Onion article I read this morning that I cannot stop laughing about. The headline is, Buttigieg brushes up on honking for upcoming talks with nation's big rigs, end quote. Especially considering how many languages Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg really does speak, it's just hilarious to imagine him practicing his honks so that he can speak to trucks. And the photoshopped image going along with the article is great as well. Link to that little bit of joy is in the show notes. Well, I've got a job posting to pass along to you. How would you like to spend five months Counting penguins in Antarctica. You would also have to run the post office. The uh, job posting did not clarify if your post office patrons would be predominantly penguins or people. The big downside is there's no running water. But, I mean, hey, you'd be in Antarctica, hanging with the penguins, and getting paid to do it. The job posting comes from the United Kingdom Antarctic Heritage Trust, and they are filling this role for the first time since before COVID, as it's a bit of a tourist gig. You'll also be responsible for running the gift shop, and the site has been closed to visitors since early 2020. The role is for the Antarctic Summer, which runs between November and March. And here's a bit more background from the BBC, quote, The Trust, which is based in Cambridge, usually advertises annually for seasonal postmasters at the site. They're responsible for preserving historic buildings and artifacts in Antarctica. Successful applicants will be based on the Goudier Island in the Antarctic Peninsula, with each other and a colony of Gentoo penguins for company. Port Lockroy was the first permanent British base to be established on the Antarctic Peninsula, initially used from 1944 to 1962. However, since 2006, it has been used as a post office and museum. Candidates are required to have a good level of physical fitness, environmental awareness, and a knowledge of minimum impact living. End quote. Now, one small point of clarification that I know will come as a disappointment for most of our listeners. As a UK charity organization, they do require that you already have a right to work in the UK, and they do not sponsor visas. 
But if you are qualified to work in the United Kingdom, in addition to running the gift shop and the post office and counting penguins as part of efforts to protect the Gentoo penguin colony, you will also be responsible for looking after artifacts at the museum inside the Bransfield house. Now, fortunately, both for your workload there and chances of getting the job and staying mentally well while down there, they are hiring out a whole team, not just one single person. Also, who knew there was so much going on down in Antarctica? Like, intellectually, I do know that there are a ton of different projects happening in Antarctica all the time, and that there have even been babies born down there. Eleven of them. But I'm always surprised to be reminded of the tourism aspects as well, not just the research ones. And where there are tourists, there are ample jobs available. So, if you've been looking for work or looking for a change, why not consider joining the Penguins? I hear they make excellent co-workers. Well, that is going to be it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.